A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust proof stainless steel hardware, weather ready teak, and quick dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Former West Ham keeper, former MK Dons goalkeeper. Please welcome Dave Martin. I was born 86 and, and, and that was you know, one of Dad's best years at West Ham. Jared's last minute winner. Like There was no better feeling than that. I played for Tottenham and Millwall, like two arch enemies of yeah. West Ham. I said to Dad, I said, I, I don't really enjoy being a centre back anymore. He said, what do you want to do? And I said, uh, all my going and go. And then within another 18 months, I was playing for England. And I turned around the corner and Stephen Gerrard's walking towards me. And I was like, <gasps> he's him and this other lad are howling in oh. the background playing, I think it was Real Madrid in pre-season. And he nutmegs Modric. Like, I can Fenwell wanted to fight him at half-time. He's not bombed me to third choice again, has he? He went, no, 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 you're playing tomorrow at Birmingham. I went, what? I can't really remember a lower moment in my career yeah. than that moment. There's, there's a third choice role for you. West Ham if you want it don't just come in he sat next to me and goes Dave I've just been in Pello's office I went right he said you're playing Saturday and I thought if there's one moment that I'm going to share with my dad this is it Hello everyone and welcome back to the Yours Mine Away podcast with me Mark Howard uh, I feel like I say this every week but we are joined by yet another top goalkeeper and an absolute top quality guy as well uh, former West Ham keeper, former MK Dons goalkeeper, currently a free agent, so snap him up quickly. Please welcome Dave Martin. Hi guys, you all right? How you doing, mate? <laughs> good, mate. You'll good, get used good. to it, you'll relax into yeah. it, mate. It's very informal, this chat. And yeah. that. Uh, obviously, like I was saying, like, former West Ham, everyone will probably know you a bit from your story at West Ham. I'm going to leave that till later on. Uh, I mentioned that we was both out at the TST tournament together and we had yeah. a good chat out there and Obviously, getting to know you and uh, tell you just a, a lovely human being, mate. Yeah. First well, and foremost, not, not even my mum would say that, but yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm sure she would. <laughs> Little Dave, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now, what, what did you think of the tournament? I loved it. Yeah, I wasn't too um, sure first going out. Uh, I didn't know what to expect, uh, what the standard was going to be. I think everyone, you know, like probably even in the Wrexham camp, it was like, what's the standard going to be? You know, you don't want to go out there and mug yourself off. Um, but you know, when you actually got there, you know, the couple of days before, it was like you know, going to America. Like I'd, I'd only been to Vegas, so just going to America was a, is a, was a brand new kind of experience. But when you actually got to the tournament, you realised how serious they were, um, and you know, the, the, the training started, and then you think, right, the game's tomorrow. So you, you get that, you know, that little butterflies thinking, right, it's still a game of football because I just I just love being a goalkeeper. Well, I love even not playing with like ex players, 
their competitive edge comes straight back as soon as you put a pair of football boots on, doesn't it? That's right. Yeah. So obviously we had a you know a, a real team that you know played Premier League games, a lot of Premier League games between them, um, and it was almost like you know the belief in them. Yeah, we're going to go and do this. We're going to do do that. And I was thinking, just calm down. Let's just see what the competition's like first. And because you, you, I said you know like you know that game was more about legs and being fit and running. So yeah. you know it doesn't matter how many Premier League games you played, but. I said you could see some of the quality that you know we had Boa Morte in our team and, and some of the things he was doing. Goal as well, didn't yeah, it? yeah, right. So you, you kind of got to see little glimpses of of what they could do. But and it, to be fair to Boa, he was still fit. Um, it was just a couple of the other lads who were probably a little bit heavier. Yeah, that's than, what than we they were just talking been. about this off camera. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you had like obviously Carlton Cole, Marlon Howard, uh, Anton Ferdinand. You had some big blokes, and they just wouldn't be recovering as quickly as some of the younger, fitter players that you would have had in your squad. Yeah, it was it was a tall ask. I think um, two days before we did a, a just a small sided game. We did five minutes each way. I think after the first five minutes, a lot of them were done. So uh, yeah, I was a little bit worried going into the games, but we got through it um, and we enjoyed it. Um, okay, it was a little bit of controversy for it, but um, like I said, we, we we felt that we did you know did things right uh, and we come out the other other side of it. Yeah, one of the biggest things for us as well going as Wrexham, but it was just to represent the club well. I think your guys and Wolves. That's mainly what our goal was. We didn't know what the football standard would be like. Like, just go and represent the club well, go and have a bit of fun. And I think a few lads had a bit too much fun some nights out, but no, it was good fun. It was good. It was a good trip. Yeah, I think um, a, a lot of the lads had missed, of course, the dressing room. They'd missed belonging to something. Yeah. And and obviously, I've been brought up West Ham all my life, and knowing what it means to to belong to that. And I think when you go away from it. You know, we're all human and you, you can take things to, for, for granted a little bit sometimes. And coming back, it was just like, boys are back together. Like, So you could see that they, 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 they'd love being a part of it um, and representing West Ham. Um, and you could see what it meant to them, you know, throughout the tournament. And they wanted to do the best for, for the club, yeah. I think. And you, and you are a West Ham fan as well. Yeah, I didn't have a choice. Obviously, Dad, I was born 86 and, and, and that was, you know, one of Dad's best years at West Ham. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and, you know, I've been West Ham ever since, so... To get the chance to go back there was was just a dream come true. Uh, I want to talk about the Europa Conference final as well before yeah. we start talking about yourself. Yeah. Uh, did you go out to the final? Yes, managed to to, to sneak a ticket from uh, Mr. Aaron Cresswell. So yeah, yeah. looked after. Yeah, <laughs> he did. Yeah, he's a really good dog, old Cress. He's right, he's right for a scouser. I've got to say. How was the atmosphere <laughs> around and that? It was crazy. Like you know, I, I got out there because we got back from the. Uh, the tournament, tournament on, the on, the on the Tuesday. Yeah. I, you got back on Monday. I yeah. got back on the Tuesday, so I was still jet lagged. And then I flew out to to Prague on the Wednesday morning at, at nine. Um, so then I got got to the hotel, got into to bed for a couple hours, and I thought, right, let's go and enjoy it now. And you could just feel uh, the atmosphere on the streets, the build up to it. I remember I was sitting on my own um, in a in a little cafe, just having some food, I had a couple beers on on my own. I was thinking, God, we're actually in the final. Um, so. And then it just got better and better up to the stadium. Um, and you could just feel that buzz. You know, West Ham fans were, were everywhere around that stadium because I think it was 20,000. Um, yeah, it was a small stadium for yeah. such a big event. Really, really small. Um, and we could have probably sold that out three or four times over, um, which was a shame, but it just made it that more intense. Like, you know, and West Ham, we, we always travel well, to yeah. be fair. It's, it's a hell of an achievement when yeah. you put it into context. No, like, like, you know, it's... Last time we won something was 1980. Yep. Um, so, and there's you know big teams in that. Eventually, Fiorentina were no mugs. You yep. know, obviously Roma was it the, the year before that won it. 
Um, so it, it it's definitely a tournament that we look at and it's got a prestige around it. Yep. Um, so that's how I think every West Ham feels. And I'm still buzzing now. Yeah, like, yeah. Literally, I think about it and I think about what... And you could see what it meant to the lads. I was lucky enough to, to be on the pitch with them after and you could see every one of them was really, really emotional because yep. they knew what it meant to them and their families and to the supporters. Yeah, I, I want to talk about like the current players that you still know and are friends with and that. But... Was you more happy as a fan or was you happy for those players? I, it was just, it, it, it's hard to describe. Um, like going there as a supporter, feeling, it's almost like tribal. So that, that's that's the best thing I can explain. And obviously I was away from the club for a long, long time. Yeah. I still had that love for West Ham. But when you get back into to, to it, like I think I'll be like this now for the rest of my life because it's just an addictive drug. Like if I look at West Ham and, and, and every team. So like you'll have supporters at West Ham and, and you know, Arsenal and, and we won't say Tottenham, but you know, <laughs> and, and it was, you felt, I just felt in that, in that stadium, in that stand, stand, standing next to West Ham fans, celebrating with them, you know, Jared's, Jared's last minute winner. Like there was no better feeling than that and, yeah. and, and buzz. But then to then share it with the lads that it meant so much to as well. Yeah. Every single player that players weren't even playing, like they, they were obviously Chris was, you know, he didn't play that. that yeah, yeah. But you could see the emotion pouring was, out was pouring out of him because he knew what it meant for him because he played big games before that, you know, the semis, the quarters. Um, and and to, to, to actually be a part of that team that, that achieved this for West Ham was just unbelievable. See, West Ham as a club, even though obviously like the TST tournament and I've started following a lot of your players that were out there and that, but it seemed like they were all involved as well. It felt like West Ham as a club treats people even once they've left the club properly. Yeah, I mean, West Ham over the years have had some great players. Um, like I said, you know, we've had pride ourselves on having a really good youth team, bringing the likes of Rio, Joe Cole through. Um, and now you've got obviously Nobes and Declan Rice. Yep. Um, and... To, to 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 be a part of that history um and see some of the players that have played for that club and I think God and, and you and even now you need to remind him he played like four three hundred games for yeah, West Ham. Yeah, yeah. Like and and you know they it's, deserve it's a, to be involved. They in deserve it. to be involved and they're good players and they're good people. Yeah. Um but that's what I think West Ham have have, have traditionally tr traditionally tried to bring through is good players but also just as equally as, as good people. Good people, yeah. It's so important uh, to run a successful football yeah. club. So even when my dad was there, that that was the motto, you know, we, we're good players, but we're good people as well. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of the East End kind of theme that, that runs all the way through the, the East End of London, I yeah. think. Right, right, we've crossed paths uh, a lot of times throughout our career. Uh, and we're, we're, I think we are, you're 37, I'm 36, yeah. but we're the same age for England. We're both 86 birthdays and that. I don't think we ever went away with England together. I remember you going away a lot. Uh, Arsenal never used to let me go away too much, but we had an unbelievable... Well, you look at how successful all the goalkeepers from our age group have yeah, been. Yeah. I wanted to run through some of the names, right? So, yeah. so obviously yourself, me, Scott Flinders, yeah. Tom Heaton. Yeah. Uh, I think Joe Hart was a year below. That's right. But we had uh, John Ruddy. John Ruddy, yeah. Uh, I think Darren Randolph's in 86. I know he's at Ireland. Yes. And I think Casper Schmeichel was a year at... Similar age group, I think. Yeah, I'm, I remember him playing against him for Denmark. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, why do you think the 86 birthdays just seemed it's just a good time? Yeah, I, I think um, maybe there was a few things involved in it where the, the the game was changing so much, where the distribution as well, like, that was a big thing. So it, it became not just being a good goalkeeper, but you had to be a part of the team. Um, 
And I remember going away with England at 16. We played this at the nationwide tournament. Yeah. I think it was the Czech uh, and Brazil and Italy. Uh, I didn't play the first game. I can't remember who played the first game. But the second game I played against the Czech Republic at, uh, at Birmingham. And I was getting the ball and I was like pinging it out to like the left back. And I was thinking, oh, this is great. This is but I got off the, and I was thinking to Martin Thomas, and he was like, oh, that's brilliant. Like, I was thinking, yeah, but it's just kind of... Playing out from the back. Yeah, playing out from the back. Like, it, and, and it was like, right, that's what... With the, and from then, it kind of... I think when you could kind of do that, because the game had changed, and I was, I was just, used to be a centre-half, yep. it almost... That age group became, if you're good with your feet, almost gave you another like dimension to your game. Yep. Um, so that's what I, I felt there was a big change. See, uh, I, I'm the same. I loved playing out from the back. Obviously, I came through an academy that we played out from yeah, the back. Of course. But then once I then moved away from that and like everyone realised I can kick a ball an absolute mile, <laughs> it was like you get typecast. Yeah, yeah. But throughout your career, you yeah. then get typecast of like you're a, you play out from the back and now oh, Mark kicks it long. or yeah. like it, It's so good to show people the other tools that you have. Yeah. Well, I had that problem when I was at uh, MK Dons where... Um, they played total football. Like that was one thing to, yeah. to Carl. We, we we played, I had five five options and we worked on it twice a week um, through the week and I loved it. And there was even points, you know, where, where Carl would come up to me and say, Dave, I want you to play more than ever because he knew the goalkeeper, me, would be the starting point of every attack and we would try and play out. Um, but then I went from there to Millwall where I was playing, you know, 30 short passes, goal kicks, everything. And all of a sudden I was doing 30 long long goal kicks yeah. and I wasn't playing in the team necessarily as much because I couldn't kick it as far so yeah. like that, and I you know I used to go and see you know, Neil and I'll say like Neil how come I'm not playing like I feel like I'm really doing really well in training I'm making good saves and he says you just don't quite kick it you know that that far far enough for me um, and they played a lot of their football and it was similar when to West Ham really after that um, where you know it was under Pellegrini he, he tried to play football but it was simplified because we can't come into a team that was struggling at the time. Yeah, you need to. Where you had Mikel Antoni up top and he used to win everything. And Sebastian Haller, uh, <laughs> who was a big lump, you know, six foot four. Yeah. So it did go a little bit more direct. Um, but then I had them two years at, um, at, at Millwall and then three years at West Ham where I didn't play so much at West Ham and I kind of got pigeonholed again to being, right, I'll just kick it long. I can't play. So teams that, you know, like Swansea or going back to MK Don, so we, we, yeah. we haven't seen them play out from the back. I said... It's all I used to do. Like for seven years as at MK, that's kind of all all we used to do yeah. under Carl. Um, so that that's it's, it's weird how your profile changes yeah. through your career, definitely. See, so, uh, I want to go back just briefly. Uh, See, so on the the amount of goalkeepers that came through our age group, I, I've always put it down to our role models of that time. Yeah, and they were more exciting as goalkeepers. Yeah. So like when ugh, we were six, seven years old, and we were watching Peter Michael, we were watching Dave Seaman, yeah. like the Van der Sars. Yeah. Keepers were. Getting celebrated a bit more at that time, so I always grew up watching those sort of people and thinking, yeah, I'd like to be a goalie actually. Yeah, yeah. I think David Siemens, he was always be my hero. Yeah. Like I, I just look at him and, and think, yeah, he's a person that makes the hard Not things look easy. Yeah. Well, of course, Ludo. <laughs> like when I when I was a baby, that was it. Oh, Ludo. Uh, but when I was coming into because I was a defender until I was 14 yep you joined yeah you joined so, uh, yeah so Ludo was, was a hero man but obviously dad it was the defender so I was the centre yep. back but then when I became a goalkeeper at 14 I think David was the one for me uh, where I looked at and I think yeah he made the hard things look easy um, and he made some unbelievable saves you don't um, get any credit for those good saves as well yeah. obviously I knew 
Everyone remembers about four of his mistakes on one save. But but that's what we. That's, that's goalkeepers. goalkeepers. That's yeah. the, you. You remember for your mistakes, unfortunately, yeah. not so much for, you, for for the positive things. Um, Goalkeeping, mate. Yeah, that's it. Right, I've got yeah. some quick fire questions for you now. Right? Yeah. Uh, just to break you in a little bit. Right, okay. catch or parry? Catch. Uh, favorite kit color? As a goalkeeper, by the way. Yeah. Uh, the traditional greener. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, someone else agrees yeah. with me. Proper green. <laughs> right, I love a green yeah. kit. Yeah. Right. Uh, play out from the back or kick it long. Play out from the back. Yeah. You have to say that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Favorite ever goalkeeper. Are you Seaman. Yeah, Seaman. Yeah, Ludo. <laughs> yeah. Anyone else? Any other influences that you try to model yourself on? Yeah, I, I think. When we went to England, I think a lot of the stuff we used to see was Van der Sar, yep. like left and right foot. Yep. Um, and he was the one that kind of started that off for me, where being good on both foots, on both feet, uh, w w was a big thing coming into that. Yep. Um, so important as well. Yeah. Right, uh, best stadium you've ever played at? <sighs> Apart from London Stadium. We'll <laughs> <laughs> um, talk about that. I, I, I love playing at Villa Park. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I, just the intense it, environment. The intense uh, the, the tradition, um, and they've always done okay there. Yeah, so. good. That's, <laughs> that's always the best one. Yeah. Uh, right. Match of the day or Sky Sports News? Match of the day. Yeah, it has to be traditional. Yeah. Yeah. Um, long sleeve shirts or short sleeve shirts? See, I do both. Tra I train in short sleeve, but then long sleeve, sleeve playing. Yeah. What and pull them up a bit, or are you just a full that, long sleeve just kit? Just full yeah. long sleeve kit. Yeah, Proper yeah, old school, yeah. nice. <laughs> tucked in as well. Hey, but do you know what? I, I haven't played for a while, but yeah, it would always be tucked in. No. <laughs> right, World Cup or Champions League? T to win. Well, to 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 watch to win. Yeah, to win. Let's go to win. Oh, so tough. I think because oh, I'm gonna go Champions League. Yeah. yeah, West Ham to win the yeah, Champions exactly. League. That's what I was doing. Or England thinking. to win the World Cup. <laughs> oh, got, got to be England. Yeah. Uh, how tall are you? Six two. Yeah. Uh, best goalkeeper in the world right now. Oh, that's tough. Oh, there's a great variation to answers normally. Is it what? There's a normally a really like there's normally like five keepers that get mentioned, and every yeah. now and then someone chucks someone else in the mix. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, ugh, so do you go edit like Edison just for what he's just won? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Right, and then finally, uh, save a penalty in the last minute or score a goal in the last minute. Save a pen. Yeah, yeah proper yeah, goalie. I, yeah, oh, yeah, I always say score a goal. <laughs> no, right. save a pen. <laughs> right, uh, you're already, you've already, uh, already you've already mentioned it, but you started out life as a defender. Yeah. Uh, what what made you change? I think like um, you said your dad. Sorry, it was a yeah. That, that, that obviously dad was a centre back, and I think always got put in goal uh, be, uh, as a centre back centre because back. of that. Yeah. Um, and I think I was actually at Tottenham at the time. Yeah. Can you believe it? I played for Tottenham and Millwall, like two arch arch enemies of yeah. West Ham. But um, I think I played against you when you was a centre back at Tottenham. No way. Yeah, I actually yeah. think I did. Yeah, because I was at Arsenal ginger from biscuit nine. In the back. Yeah, <laughs> I think I actually did though. That's what's mad. Like, saying our careers have like, crossed paths a lot. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, so. I, I wasn't enjoying it. Uh, I was at Tottenham at the time. And I just said to Dad one day, like, you know, I like going to goal. I like diving at people's feet. I like, you know, making saves and stuff. And we'd always have only one goalkeeper. So I'd always go in the other end. And I said to Dad, I said, I, I don't really enjoy being a centre-back anymore. He said, what do you want to do? And I said, uh, what am I going to go? He went, really? Like, I mean, I think it's strange because I had, a, I think I had a two-year deal. So I was only 40. I had a two-year deal up to scholarship. And I think after that, 
They were talking about a YTS and that. I said, look, I just, I don't want to do that. So um, he said, all right then, well, I'll take you to the local Sunday t league team and I've got, I, I just want you to be happy, like almost. Yep. Um, and, you know, he wasn't pushy one way or the other. Um, so he always just want, wanted the best for me and my brother and my sister. Um, so he, I, I went to a Sunday league team, started playing for Sunday league, then started playing for the school and, uh, and then went to, to, to Havering, like my district team, and then got scouted for Wimbledon, like within, I think it was like seven, eight months. Um, so that's what kind of changed but at 14, 15. And, and Wimbledon just said, yeah, we'll give you a, uh, another year schoolboy and uh, a three-year YTS. Wow. Like, so within, and then within another 18 months, I was playing f for England. Yeah. Like going away with the, is it Lillishaw? Yeah, the, Lillishaw, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, so, a, that's a huge... Uh, speedy turnaround from being a centre half taking a risk at 14 and yeah. like walking away from Tottenham yeah to then go no I actually want to be a goalie I want to yeah. go and enjoy football and yeah. I mean I did have the little motivation every now and then where you know I was playing for a Sunday league team and you know I remember walking up the stairs one day and I was I was listening to my mum and dad talk and they go well you know you know it looks like Dave's not going to be a footballer now he's gone in goal and we probably need to get him to concentrate on his school work a little bit more and I was like what are you talking about? Of course, I'm going to be a, a goalkeeper. I'm going to be a professional, and so that that I had that on my side where ignorance was bliss. Yeah. Um. It you know it okay. It worked out, but if it didn't, you know, I needed to think about that. You know, at the time I didn't, but <laughs> I look back now and it's crazy, really. It's, yeah, it's, a, it's yeah. a very brave decision. But like you're saying, yeah. like uh, you end up doing your. Well, you didn't do your YTS at Wimbledon, did you? Oh, you did. So and then uh, you, yeah. Then the club changed. Obviously. So I did. I think it was 17 when. They looked to move the club up. So I think it was 17. Uh, I think I made my debut at Burnley away at 18. So um, in, the, in the championship. Yeah. So within so, three and a half years, you'd gone from being a defender for Tottenham to playing in the championship. For, for Wimbledon. And for it, was Wimbledon then, yeah. it was then the Wimbledon. And then the following season, that's when they moved to Milton Keynes yep. uh, and changed their name to MK Dons. Yeah. And you, you stuck with the club, obviously. Was that everyone in your team? So, yeah. I mean, because I was so young... You didn't really know any different. You just thought, oh, this is like you just kind of okay. The team's getting bought or or or, or moved sixty yeah. miles away. It's just because you, you, you were assets of the club, you just had to move with it. You know, they they found your relocation, etc. And I look back now, I think this that is bonkers. Imagine that, like I, I can't even imagine that happening now to another team. It's like a franchise in America. Well, well that's essentially what it is. Yeah. And obviously, MK Dons get a lot of stick for that. Yep. But but I think. Pete had a, had a dream of, okay, this team. If we stayed at if, if Wimbledon stayed at, at Sellers Park, they were they were going bust. They, they were losing ten grand or something like that every day. Yeah, they, they didn't have. And and Pete said, look, I've got a chance to kind of move your club to Milton Keynes. Milton Keynes hasn't got a football team. It's becoming a big city. Yeah, it's got a chance to kind of prosper there. Have a foundation, new fan base. New fan base and and Milton Keynes is one of the places where it's got loads of people from Scotland, Liverpool, Birmingham. It, it's met in the middle. Yeah, so they had another generation underneath that, and it will take twenty, probably thirty years for for the for the club to kind of, and they need success as well. Yeah. Obviously, it's been a tough time for them on and off the pitch recently. Yeah. Um, and obviously, I'm, I managed to in that playing that team that we did get to the championship. We just needed to stay there, yeah. which, we, which we couldn't do. Yeah. Um, but they have got the foundations for it, for it to be a Premier League club one day. Yeah. Um, when that'll be, obviously, I don't know. Uh, so obviously with the transition, though, it helped you because it fast-tracked you almost as well because not everyone stayed with a club. and But it quickly escalated with another move for you to, to Liverpool. So you've gone from like yeah. not playing in goal to yeah. getting scouted by Liverpool and then 
I think you, oh, I've read in the report he went on trial and that for a, a not very long time. But to, to Liverpool, yeah. So I, I mean, uh, it was seventeen, eighteen when I actually moved up. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think just turned eighteen, and then I was there for another eighteen months where I was. Um, I played, I think it's 25, 26 games. And then Liverpool come in and said, you know, we're looking for a 23s goalkeeper essentially now, yeah. a reserve team goalkeeper. Like, would you be interested to come up for a trial? Like, yeah. um, so I went up there for four, four or five days um, and they said, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll take you. Um, so like, that was just like, you know, they'd, they'd won the Champions League in the 2000, 2005 and I went up there in the November, December and then I was signing in January. That's like, crazy. So yeah. six months after they won the Champions League, I was just, I, you know, it was just surreal. First day I was in there, I walked around the corner and, and I turned around the corner and Steven Gerrard's walking towards me. And I was like, <gasps> like and I felt like saying, oh, I used to play, I used to, I used to slide tackle my brother in the garden and pretend I was going to be you. Yeah, like, yeah. shout you know your mean? name. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it was just a, a really strange thing to happen at the time. And I think it, I wish I'd got over that, that being starstruck yeah. um, a lot sooner than I did. Uh, I mean, I was there four and a half years. Um, obviously, went on loan at, at different clubs in in that time. But it took me a good while to think I'm actually at Liverpool. Like, you're good enough to be here. Yeah, I did find it tough because the f I wouldn't have goalkeeping training. So the reserve team, right? Okay, didn't have a full time goalkeeping coach. So I was getting goalkeeping training once every three weeks. But you was just in and about the lads. In and about the lads. Them. I was doing possessions. So I was running. I was fit. I was probably the fittest I've ever been. Yeah. Because I was running around doing all the right. And then I'd have to go and go. And I, I don't feel like I did myself justice. So that made it a little bit tougher for me. Yeah. And I look back now and think it was really tough at the time because basically I was an outfield player. Yeah. And then when they needed a goalkeeper, they just said, right, go and get in goal. And they expected you to be good. Really good. Yeah. And you wasn't getting any, you weren't getting your hands on the ball whatsoever. Um, but then, uh, you know, after that, 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 that first kind of period, I look back on it, I think that actually made me mentally tough because I knew I could go without it and then still get by. Okay. It's not ideal. Yeah. But then for the rest of my career, I think right, I've been through that tough time. True. Yeah. That will teach me that you can get through a lot of things. See, when you're training with the under 23s as an outfield player, technically, would every now and then you get called up to the first team and then have to be a goalkeeper? Yeah. So if there was an injury or suspension wow. or something, and then... I'd get one training session and it was like, obviously Rafa Benitez was there at the time and uh, Jose uh, Ocho Terena, he used to play for Real Madrid, yeah. like was the goalkeeping coach. And he only used to like train with three goalkeepers. But every day I'd be knocking on his door. I said, Ocho, please let, let me train with you, please. And, and he goes, look, the manager doesn't like more than three goalkeepers and this, that, and I said, look, I just need you. And so every day I come in and I, you know, when I could see he was getting annoyed because yeah, I was asking yeah. so much in the end. But I just wanted to, to pro progress. Um, it actually, it's strange to hear that obviously at a club like Liverpool, obviously things bad. have changed now, yeah. but like uh, even at that time, to yeah. say they didn't have an under-23 goalie coach and yeah. that it was halting your progression almost from yeah. being there. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, I mean, I know it was 2006, um, but then it almost, that became irrelevant. But I think I was there 18 months and I'd had enough because I, I, I think, you know, they hadn't had the goalkeeper. I don't feel like I was progressing I had a few loan clubs that wanted me um, and I, w I was due to go out on loan. Uh, but they signed a lad, uh, Mikhail Mihailov, I think it was, a uh, Bulgarian uh, goalkeeper, same age as me. Um, signed him on like decent money. Like, I think it was a couple of mil at the time, so that was like a big deal. But the only problem was, it was in the pre-season, I'd already said, look, can I go out on loan? They went, yeah. He said that the goalkeeper's coming in, but he's having problems with his visa. 
Um, so we're going to need you to go to Hong Kong. At this time, Ocho, the goalkeeper coach, had left and Javi Valero, who's now the West Ham goalkeeper coach, just came in and it was his first job. So he said, look, you're going to have to go to Hong Kong and be there for 10 days, I think it was. Um, and I went there for 10 days in Hong Kong and, you know, I remember sitting on the plane on the way back with Javi and Rafa and I said, look, hey, we've been really impressed with how you've come on. You've trained with us for 10 days. We want you to be the third choice this year for, for Liverpool. And, but I was so angry that I kind of been left to my own devices. Yeah. That I was like, no, my mind, my, my mind's I made up. Games. I want to go. And play. I want to go and play now. Like you know, you ha you haven't helped me whatsoever. Um, and Javi said, I haven't been here. Like, <laughs> but this will be different. Like you're going to be with us all the time. And I was like, no, no. Like, and you know, Rafa was trying to explain to me. He said, Dave, you, this is like this is like you going to university now. Yeah. And you're going to get all the, the the training from Xavi and being with the first team, and this is going to develop your career. And I was like, no, like, I was just like Stop. so like ignorant, like because I was so angry. And he was like, look, Dave, you're staying, and that's it. And I went, all right then. <laughs> so I was like, what can you do, like? So, um, but that year you did get fast tracked. So I got fast tracked, and I trained with the first team every day. And again, I'd be, be, be in possessions, and I'd be like running up against like Steven Gerrard, Alonso. Uh, Mascarano, I'd be playing in like midfield and stuff. I'd be like, this is weird. This is weird. Like, you know, I'd see these, you know, week in, week out on match of the day and I'm training every day in possessions and then I have to go and do the goalkeeping training after that. Yeah. And again, that was really tough. Like, you know, physically and mentally, you know, and you didn't get days off because it, it was in Champions League, yep. you know, League Cup, FA Cup. There was football, obviously the Premier League all the time. So it, it was three weeks in straight and then you get maybe two days off. But I'd, I'd just sleep through my alarm because I'd be so physically and mentally drained. You put so much in every day. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I want to go on to your loan moves, but yeah. every loan move seemed to end up you going back to Liverpool and being on a bench for an important game, Champs League or... Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, don't, I probably don't really feel like that now, but, you know, the, the, the clubs that I went back and I remember being on the, uh, the bench for Liverpool in the Champions League and they beat Besiktas, I think it was 8-0. And, like, I just couldn't believe, like, I was on the bench in the yeah. Champions League. Um and I can't remember the number two was injured at the time. Etanje. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and I think actually Pep, I don't know where Pepe played in one as well. There was one away at uh, the Ataturk Stadium. So that was like pretty special. Um, so yeah, there's there's so many things I look back and and yeah, uh, Charles, he played in the, the Barnsley game that they lost. Yeah. And I was thinking, oh God, this, this don't look good, does it? Yeah. So um, yeah, I, I, I remember being on the bench, you know, probably under just under 20 times, but it was all... All a, like a really good experience for me. Yeah, obviously the at the time you don't appreciate them almost. It's because you're involved in that environment. But when you now look back at your career, you must look at it and go, "Oh my god, I was actually like that's mad." Yeah, yeah. I think that's the that's the power of youth. Sometimes yeah. ignorance is bliss, isn't yes. it? Because you always think, "I'm a, I'm either going to be here forever, or I'm going to get another chance." So that's what you have in your side. You don't have the experience, but you have the belief in yourself, and you're always thinking, "What's next?" That's right. Yeah. constantly don't you when you get to, to our age you, you're thinking right how, I've got to savour every single moment um, yeah. and that's what I think I've found since I was 30 that five years ago I nearly retired like so I, I could have been you know I was in between MK Dons and going to Millwall and I, like I said we spoke yeah. about signing late for clubs I was yeah. thinking nothing comes up I'm going to have to retire here yeah. and then within two years later I've played in the Premier League and I've never ever thought I give up when I was 25 I think 26 that of, dream. Of, of that dream. So you're telling me there's a chance? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You never know, mate. This game, you never know. <laughs> right, let's go back to your loans anyway, right? So Accrington Stanley didn't go so well the first game. I, I could not I, believe... I didn't know this bit until yeah. I read it earlier. Yeah, like, this yeah. is unbelievable. I don't know how you found this, to be fair, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> got your research yeah, you really good, good research mate, good. mate. I do my job. um yeah so i've just signed for accrington it was like the first first loan move first time i've been out um uh, out of liverpool and it was i think it was like march early march time so the pitches were just starting to firm up but they obviously had the winter traffic on it where you know they were a bit uneven etc and i remember being on there four or five minutes into the game and the ball started coming out and as i stepped back my foot went down like a pothole and I just went bang straight over, and you know when you hear that click oh. in, in your in your ear, you think right, I've popped, I've popped. Even though it was in my ankle, I've definitely popped something there, and it went through me. And I just sat down. I thought, nah, this can't be happening. Like, maybe I can get through this game. And and I, I went on for about another minute, and I looked down, and I could see the swelling like coming over my my ankle, your boot, yeah. over my boot. And I just thought, I can't. Like, this is so embarrassing, but I've got to come off. And you hadn't touched the ball. Yet. I hadn't even touched the ball. <laughs> I, I, you couldn't you couldn't make it up honestly um so i just put my hand up and i said look i've got to come off like and you know what and i was getting booed from the from the accrington fans because uh you can imagine it i think he's just thrown one in here yeah like, it's not touched the ball yeah. you don't want it no that's it um and i come wow. off and obviously i was sitting there and i could see the swelling getting bigger and bigger and bigger um and i i managed to get back i think it was in like two and a half three weeks and they still wanted me back thank god yeah but i played the last 10 games of that season under john john coleman and had a great time and it was a great experience that was a learning and that was definitely a learning curve of you know being at obviously the, the you know cha uh, Champions League champions yeah then going to Accrington but it was like great great for me definitely yeah. those loan moves I'm going to go on to Leicester now right yeah. that you tried to sign for permanently but when you go out on loan and yeah. you get playing again when you haven't been playing, it's you just end up buzzing off it. You buzz off every game, yeah. Even like the feeling after every game, and you can't wait for the next one. Yeah, I think that obviously most goalkeepers that go out on loan now, it's so important for their learning. I touch on it a lot on the podcast, but it's invaluable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I was lucky to probably get that loan um, because obviously I've only been at Accrington. I'm probably up and coming. Okay, I've done okay there. Then to go to a team like Leicester, who had just been relegated obviously to league one yep it's a big old club like you know they were still getting twenty thousand every week obviously you know like sheffield united yep. sim similar kind of yeah, club, yeah. aren't they? massive clubs yeah. yeah yeah um so it, it i found that first couple months really tough because i was still learning the game yeah like, i was yeah. only 21 at the time so you're going to be making mistakes but they probably wanted an already made goalkeeper so there were some goals that i thought oh, i could have done maybe better than that but i still felt like i was still doing okay um, and I was in and out, I think. I think I played the first 10, 10 15 games, and then I came out, and then uh, Henderson came in, and then I started playing again. But then, unfortunately, like February, back in February, I got an injury. Um, so they asked me, you know, do would you want to come back? I said, yeah, like, I've loved playing, loved playing at a big club. Um, obviously, Nigel Pearson at the time was a good manager. Um, so I, I said, look, if, if Leicester want me, then, you know, I, love I'd, stay, I'd yeah. love to stay. Uh, but you know, if I've got to go back to Liverpool, then then that's fine, and and carry on my, my progression there. That was a kind of the interview. I think that interview come out, and they said that Dave Martin wants to leave, and I was just like, no, I no, didn't. No, no. <laughs> I didn't say that. Leicester's journey after that was pretty good as well, though, weren't it? Yeah, well, that's it. Like I think Chris will come in after the next following season, done really well, um, and yeah, they went from one strength to the other, yeah. and then you know.
Premier League champions. Ends up winning the Premier League. Started from me, obviously, you know. Yeah, <laughs> laid the foundations, mate. Yeah. Right, and then obviously you've had like, uh, low moves at Tramere, Leeds and Derby. Yeah. Uh, how difficult is it when you first go into a new dressing room of a new club? Yeah, I think... Um, Especially when you're young. It's... Yeah, I, obviously I'm still young, so you're still trying to find your way, thinking, right, am I a good goalkeeper? Like, you know, I wish I had more belief in myself through my career. Um, and going into dressing rooms, I was never loud or I was just, just trying to be, you know, normal, really. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I think Tramiel was the one that, um, I think I hadn't played for a while and they just said, look, the goalkeeper, Luke Daniels had just been sent off, I believe. So, you know, you can come in for a couple of games. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, great. Like, um, and it was just playing, playing again. I think little Aaron Cresswell, that's the first time I met Cress. Nice. He was a little baby there um, then. Uh, and then, yeah, so like that was just good games to, just to get some games and then go out. And then, you know, like Derby, again, the same thing happened where I think uh, Bywater was had a slight injury with his back. Yep. Um, and I came in for two games um, uh, and did okay. Leeds. There's another thing where Casper uh, Ankergan was, I think he was, he might, won't mind me saying this, but he was going through a bit of a rough time. Um, but then as soon as I walked through the door, like he was like, cat, like you know, Smichael again. Like, no way, yeah, yeah. He, was, he was really, just really good. Just turned it back on again. Just like very unorthodox goalkeeper, but um, lovely, great lad, um, but a good goalie as well. Some people need that pressure though to, to get the best out of themselves and probably you pushing him then... Yeah, Maybe I'd like to, I'd like to think so that you know I felt that I came in and I was like I was trying to get into that team yep. um no matter what but you know I was there 3 months and after probably the first month I could see how Casper was playing I was thinking yeah it's this I'm not going to play but I loved being in that you know, I had um, Snodgrass there the Bradley Johnson some really big characters and I just love being in that dressing room. That was one of my favourite dress rooms. That yeah, uh, Snoddy's uh, funny, isn't he? Oh, mate, great, great top guy. Uh, yeah, no prank him. calls on you, no? Yeah, no, dummy. Did dummy, he do dummy, you? Dummy, oh, dummy please tell this story. I, Honestly, I, it, it is very, uh, uh, what's the word? It might be censored a little bit. <laughs> oh, yeah? Oh, well, I, I might have to just leave a few names out. Let's yeah, do that. Let's do that. Let's do that. <laughs> So um, we was in Leeds and uh, I was, was in the change room uh, in the shower one day and uh, <laughs> I was with one of the boys and he's like, Dave, he goes, what's this? Like, and he obviously showed his his old boy and I went, mate, that don't look good. Like, yeah, and he was like, well, what should I do? I said, you need to go and get it checked out. He's like, oh, I don't know. I said, you need to go and get it done. Like, I said, look, I'll even come with you. I'll sort it out for you. Bit of comfort. Yeah, a bit of comfort. Uh, and I'll get checked myself, like, you know. Not thinking anything, just for a bit of moral support. Yeah, like. yeah. Good so guy, went, you, mate. Great yeah, guy. do you know what I mean? I'm just trying to be a good mate. So uh, I went in there uh, and didn't think anything of it. And it was about a week later, there was a phone call from like a known number. And I was in Liverpool at the time. Um, and uh, I was standing next to my girlfriend at the time. And uh, I had a phone call. And this, this strange accent, I was like, uh, is it David Martin? I was just like, yeah. He said, well... Uh, Got a little bit of bad news for you. Um, you've got, I can't remember what he said. It was just like, you've got a, a STD yeah, or yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, no, like that. And my missus straight away, obviously I couldn't help my reaction. She, she goes, what is it? Like that. I was just like, oh no, this couldn't happen at the worst time. <laughs> Nothing. Right, Nothing. yeah, yeah. And, and I was just like, look, okay, right. And the phone, because I had really bad signal in my flat in Liverpool and uh, it kept on breaking up in and out. So that made it even better for for him, to, I think. Yeah. Um, and uh, 
it kept on going on and on. And I was trying, like, obviously he was calling me back saying, look, you need to come back to, to, to Leeds now and, 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 you know, get this thing to... I was like, I, I can't get back to Leeds now. Like, can you not prescribe me something... And I was thinking all the time thinking, I've got now, she knows something's up. Yeah, I've got, got to make an excuse. I, I've got to make I've just got to tell her the truth. Yeah, like yeah. And, and the thing is, I was thinking, how is it possible? Like I'm actually, you know, a genuine guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like I was thinking, what am I gonna do here? And I, so I put the phone down and she's like, What's happened? And I said, Look, I've just had a phone call. I went with so and so, like, to get tested, and they said, I've got something. I don't know how long I've had it or or whatever. So just it's good that I know now. Like trying to spin it in a oh positive light. Like, she's crying. Like oh she's God, thinking you've been cheated. You. I was like I haven't done anything. Like anyway, phone goes again, and he's him and this other lad are howling but, in oh. the background, thinking. And it, and I'm like you idiots. Like I'm standing next to my missus here. She's crying her eyes out, and you're thinking it's funny. Like. So he had to obviously Snuddy called her and called she was her. going mad. Like uh, so he's done it, so many people, yeah, by he, the way. He, he's so good at it. Yeah, he's yeah. so so. Good. I've been in the, like obviously in the West Ham's dressing room and he he's like honestly I'm thinking he, he's looking right. I'm looking right at him and he's got a different voice. I would never even know it was him. He's, he's, he's done it to so many yeah, people. Yeah. I'd love to have like the collection of all yeah, of his prank yeah. calls. He's brilliant, man. Brilliant, brilliant guy. That's so class, mate. Thanks for telling that story. <laughs> <laughs> Awkward, but it's a really yeah, good yeah, story, yeah, mate. Yeah. No, yeah. Uh, have you done any weird initiations or do you hate the singing? I hate the singing, by Yeah, the way. I don't like it, but it's just one of the things that you think if yeah, it's there, you just got to get it done. Yeah, yeah, I normally try and like do like a comedy one or like just sing like a stupid Disney song that no yeah. one's going to enjoy or yeah. they'll know it's crap. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now I've got just one song, um, and uh, it, it's a Beatles song because obviously yeah. Dad growing up. Uh, I'm not going to sing it now. Yeah, so. you don't have to sing, mate. <laughs> Sorry, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Right, uh, I'm going to get on to our quiz. I don't know if you've heard uh, our goalie or no goalie quiz. So right, okay. I'm going to give you uh, five names that are current international goalkeepers. I'm going to use this to this. you'll say goalkeeper, and I'll give you five names from people around the world that are either their stage names or... Something from a film or a song or so it's five other names, okay? And they're no right, okay, so, all right, okay. So it's one point, uh, one point for each answer. Uh, everyone can head over to YouTube and check out our leaderboard, right? I think you do all right, mate. This no, is no, no, a 50 no, 50 guess, don't worry about <laughs> it. It's difficult, right? You ready? Yeah, yep, yeah. right. Number one, David Omarigi. Goalkeeper. He is not a goalkeeper. Ah. He's British rapper Dave. 
Oh, no way. Yeah, send me a location. Yes. Nice. Oh, I listen to it every day as well. <laughs> you actually do, yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Right, number, that's number one. Right, number two, Igor Shatsky. <laughs> goalkeeper. He is a goalkeeper, yeah. mate. He is a Kazakhstan national goalkeeper. Uh, plays for Shakhtar. Okay. Yes. Yeah. One out of two? Okay, at least you're off the mark now. <laughs> you can relax now. Right, number three, Carlos Estevez. See, that, that sounds familiar. Probably mug myself right off for that. Um, goalkeeper. Charlie Sheen is not a goalkeeper. Oh, no. Yep. His real name is no. Carlos. That's why it rings a Estevez. bell. I do a lot of research into this yeah, and yeah, find yeah, weird yeah. and wonderful names. Oh, crazy. Yeah. Right. Number four Horatio Moldovan. Goalkeeper. He is a goalkeeper <laughs> from Romania. Right. I thought the Moldovan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. would yeah, absolutely yeah, throw yeah. you off, yeah. mate. Yeah, he's done well there. Yeah, he plays for Rapid Bucharesti. Right. All right, number five, Omri Glazer. No. He is a goalkeeper. Ah, Israel me. and Hapoel Beersheba. Glazer. Right, okay. Still on two, mate. Right. Yeah. Right, number six, Newton Daniels. No. He isn't. You say no goalkeeper. No goalkeeper. No goalkeeper. That's better. Yeah. Right. The late magician Paul Daniels. Ah. You'd know who that is. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. Well, of that age. Yeah. And Debbie McGee. Yeah. <laughs> Number seven, Henry Bonello. Yes. Goalkeeper. He is a goalkeeper. You're on fire now. He's on the <laughs> roll now. From Malta and Hamrun goalkeeper. Right. Sorry. Right. Number eight, Ethan Hunt. He's uh, no, no goalkeeper. Why? Because isn't uh, an actor, no? <laughs> from no? what? No, from, from I know what? that name, but I'm sure it's not football. He is a Tom Cruise character. In Mission yeah, that's Impossible. what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that's what I mean. I'm trying to trick you. Because <laughs> right, okay. you know the name, you would have heard <laughs> yeah, of it yeah, before. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. Makes and you I think, think he's not goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, number nine, <laughs> Ving Ram Ramers. Yeah, Ving Ramers. Yeah? yeah. 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 No, that's Ving Rames. No. Rames? Bing Rames. Do you no. know who that is? Yeah. Who? Yeah, he's the big guy. Yeah. He's the actor. He's the actor in yeah. Mission Impossible. That's yeah. it. Up yeah, a coaster. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Bing Rames, I know that. Uh, I tried to trick him. <laughs> uh, he plays uh, Agent Lufus. Yeah, Stickle. that's him. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen him in loads of films. Good, good actor. Good actor yeah, as well, yeah, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I always try and try, like, chuck in a little curveball yeah, one. Yeah. Right, number 10, yeah. Moses Ramirez. Ramirez. Yeah. Say goalkeeper. Goalkeeper? He is a goalkeeper, mate. I actually haven't wrote down what team he oh, plays for. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he plays for Independiente Del Val. Love that. Mate, seven out of ten. Got to be happy yeah, with that. Okay, yeah, okay, I'll start. take that. I'll take that, yeah. Ecuador, you South America. Right? Yeah. yeah, nice, mate. Ecuador yeah. goalie. Yeah, good. Yeah. Enjoyed that, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone, it tricks people. It's, yeah. not, it's meant to be just a yeah. bit of tongue in cheek. Like pen that was like penalties in the end. When it was like, right, was he going left or right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is it a pattern? Is yeah, a pattern? that's it. That was good. A pattern. <laughs> right. Uh, let's go back to your, your move back to MK Dons. Yeah. Uh, a bit of a club legend now, really. Yeah. Wow. Uh, 330 yeah. games you made in that spell uh, mm. over nine seasons. You obviously had a, a, a clear uh, affection for the club and loved it there. Yeah. Again, um, it, it changed so much from 
the National Hockey Stadium to then coming back from Liverpool to going, right, I'm going to uh, a team that's just building at the time, it could potentially be a 30,000 seat stadium. Yeah. And I think everyone looks at that from the outside and goes like, wow, like it's, it's, it's going places. It's exciting, yeah. But you don't realise the infrastructure is so important. Um, and I went there and I'm thinking, right, you know, I, I, th I thought I was signing for Paul Lintz. Um, <laughs> by the time I come back for pre-season, he'd gone. Uh, so, I was, you know, it was Carl Robinson's technically his first signing. Um, and, you know, they'd gone from, right, we're going for it. You know, when I first signed, to all of a sudden, right, we're cutting the budget a little bit. So I was like, right, okay. So we're in League One. I thought, right, this is going to be a good chance to play good football in a good stadium. I'm an hour away from, from London. Um, and, and they're going to play good football. Didn't turn out. The first six months were really tough. So that time when I said it at Liverpool, I had a really tough time there. I had equally probably just a tough time um, playing week in, week out. Um, I had Willie Garay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I was at Swansea with him for a, a month. Right. You've been everywhere, haven't you? Yeah, right? I have. Yeah. <laughs> I'm proper journeyman. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I've, um, I found the relationship a little bit tough. I think when I first come in, obviously, yeah, I can understand from his point of view, you know, he's yep. 35, 36 at the time and yep. a young pup coming in. Um, and, you know, speaking terms, it wasn't a lot of it, but, you know, I think he didn't he still speak great English anyway. No. Being French and that. But yeah, yeah, no. He, um, he, he, I think in, on the whole, he's a good guy. Yeah. Um, but I understand sometimes, you know, the emotions get the better of you, etc. Probably just a, an old older keeper, a bit, bit stubborn that was knowing yeah. the script almost that you've yeah. been brought in to replace him long term. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, he didn't probably not, not react right, but, you know, if he'd probably said, right, I'm going to still give everything in training every day, which he did, and be civil with everyone, I think probably a couple of months into my first spell, like my second spell back, yeah. there was potential he could have probably come in and played. Right, because okay. like, it wasn't going great on yep. the pitch. I think we we went twenty. I think it was like twelve games or something. We hadn't won away from home. Yeah, we're doing okay at home, so it was like you know it was quite you know near the bottom end of the table, and I did find it really tough. Uh, I think the manager come out even in in public uh, and said you know he's finding it really tough. You know he needs to worry about his place and 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 I was low. I was really low, and I don't think I really need that. Was the only thing I said about Carl was that I didn't need that at that time. Yep. I needed support if anything. Um, but again, I look back at that now and I think that is such a like great experience for me to then carry on for the rest of my career. Yep. It wasn't nice at the time, but then it got to December. Did he stick with you though? Stuck with me. See, yeah. like that in itself, even though he's he's put you down a bit, yeah. by him carrying on playing you, surely yeah. that shows the faith he still had in you. Well, yeah, I think I think if Willie was in and around it at that point, I think there would have been a different right, okay, yeah. decision to make. So I was lucky in that respect yeah. in my terms. If Willie probably had said, no, I'm going to give it a go and and, and, and be on the bench. And yeah. I think there could have been a change. But he stuck, okay, he stuck with me for one reason or another. Then it got to you know December, January, and my performances started getting better. The team started playing better. Um, and in the end, we, get in, we ended up getting to the playoffs that, that year. So we went on a run where, you know, we were just smashing teams, or not smashing teams, but we were nicking one-nil wins here. Daniel yep. Powers' time was scored, seven, eight goals. Yep. But it would always get like one-nil when we're keeping good, clean sheets because we had a good back line. And I felt like I've, I, I found my role within that, you know, that I got the balance right of helping them, but then also protecting the goal, you know? Yep. Um, and that was important experience for me. And I found it kind of carried that for the next seven years while I was at MK. Because I mean. at that time in League One especially, there was only really you and Wes Fodringham that played out from the back. Mm. So like, 
obviously I've loved I'd, I'd come get up against you a few times already yeah. in my career and that and every time we played against you it's like you knew it would be a total contrast in the way that both teams played and yeah. I've loved doing that and seeing the way that you got to play because I miss doing that from yeah. my youth team days yeah. it was almost like a bit a bit of sweet okay, I'd love to try that yeah yeah. and it was I mean it was some of the balls sometimes and, and you'd want me to like thread it through like two two strikers or yeah. you know a left winger and a, and a centre forward and I, even I'd be going, that's tight. That. And he's like, play it. like, And then you just play it and it would come off. Yeah. Like, you know, good f- midfielders in there who would always try and get on the ball. Uh, like Darren Potter, like, honestly, he was like Rolls Royce in there. Yep. He used to be always showing honest as anything and good player. Just knew where to turn out and Just when. knew. So I knew sometimes I'm thinking, when the ball's coming to me, I'm thinking, I haven't got an option on here. But I knew once I've had a touch or moved it, they were trying to find somewhere where yep. they could receive it. So whether I play it to them one touch they could pop it off one touch or where they needed a touch that was always kind of the, was the that, next decision I had to make was that all drilled into you though in training was you constantly yeah, working we, on that's we, how we play and that's it yeah we worked a lot we worked a lot um, and I said fair play to Carl is that he always gave us belief like you know I don't care I want you to play if you make mistake I'm going to take responsibility so that was fair play to him in, in, in that aspect and talk about his designer clothing yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I spoke to Carl a few times, he loves to mention that he's got a nice pair of trainers on or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I can imagine that. <laughs> yeah, it's with Jay Spearing as well. That was the first yeah. time I came across it. I was like, oh my God, Jay, did he just really say that about his trainers? And <laughs> yeah, that's what Carl's like. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm not surprised, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, was it hard to leave the club after, like, or did you feel like you. I think I, I felt that, you know, the. the the first two years we got in the playoffs. Yep. Uh, we got beat by Peterborough the first year, Huddersfield the second. So we had a good team, but just couldn't quite get over the line for one reason or another. And then the next two were really tough. Like we were mid-table, like fighting near the bottom at some stages. And then it was the fifth year, Mr. Deli Ali then came through. Yep. Um, and, and you know, I knew, I remember playing against Sheffield United. I think you would, think you would have been playing. Yeah, I probably would have been. Yeah, and... Uh, you did really well all game uh, and you kind of sat in, you had a really good like, you know, foundation. I don't know, it was like a four four two and we couldn't break you down. And it was one I can't remember who who shut shut me down. Someone came out and pressed me and I played it inside to, to Dell and then Dell just did his magic, got up the pitch and we ended up scoring. And I remember uh Michael Doyle? Yeah, Michael Doyle, centre midfielder. Went mental at the guy that pressed and it was like, that's not what we were plan- like, you know, planned to do. Yeah. You've just killed us. Like, And he was going mental at this one player that had pressed. And that's what we needed. We yeah. needed someone to press. Break that line. To then yeah. to break the lines and, and play round. Um, so that season we were just, you know, we, we beat uh, Swindon and they were up there. Like they were fighting for it. Yeah. And obviously Preston, it went down to the last game of the season. Um we beat Yeovil 5-1, five, five I think it was, and we needed Colchester, who we were fighting for survival, to beat Preston. Right. And it happened, and that was like, that was a great feeling. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's our, one of my top feelings of... of Did you know th- that, that, that Delhi then was special? So, or? yeah, I, 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 we could see that season that as soon as he got with better players, he was then going to kick off. Yeah. Not to the level that he did. Like, that pre-season, he went on to, like, playing, I think it was Real Madrid in pre-season, and he, he nutmegs Modric. Modric. <laughs> so, like... That's just the yeah. type of guy he was. Yeah. Like Akin Fenwell wanted to fight him at half time because he, he like you know he used to do this thing where a free kick would be given against him. He's like he'd be talking to the referee. He's like what what what? And someone going to one of their players was going to pick up the ball, and as they went to pick up, he just rolled it through their legs. I remember that. And 
I can feel why I wanted to fight him. And they was counting down the minutes to get to half time to say like he was going to batter him. But you no, know, they, they were just smiled. That's just that was yeah. what Dell does, to be fair. Um, and that that last season, I felt like, you know, we fought relegation that last season. I thought, right, it's time for me to go. And I knew at the start of the season, I had one more year left on my, my deal. Yeah. I bought a house down in London because I thought, well, we're, this is going to be my base now. Yeah, yeah. Wherever I go, I go. Um, and I thought I had a club in in that off season. It didn't quite materialise. Um, and that's when I had that period of, you know, two months, three months, I didn't have a club. Yeah, I was talking about this earlier that I've done a couple of seasons where you you miss a pre-season and you're yeah. waiting for a club and you get offers and you're like, it's not really right for my situation or the finances don't marry up to where you think you should yeah. be. It's a hard time. Yeah, It's a lonely time as yeah. well. Yeah. What did you do through that period? So I just trained so hard. Um, and I was lucky enough, I was training with Charlton, uh, with Lee Turner at the time. And as for, again... Goalkeeping fitness wise, that's probably as fit as I've ever been. So I knew I had the foundation to then go in. And, you know, I, th I didn't think I was going to get a club. And I was thinking about retiring. Um, at 30 years old. Yeah. At, at 30, yeah, yeah, crazy. Um, and it, it got to a stage where Charlton were offering me a contract and it was terrible. And they said, look, just do it till January. And I was lucky, actually, that the deal fell through at the last minute because. We had a, let's just say, I can't exactly tell you why, but we had a technical issue with my agent <laughs> and um, he didn't answer the phone. And it was... Uh, I know this story. Dylan well. Phillips was due to go to Cheltenham with, um, and Gary Johnson gave the 10 o'clock deadline because my agent never answered the, the call. The yeah. deadline got broke and he went, no, deal was off. I'm signing Scott Flinders. Yeah. So Scott Flinders went there, killed the deal at Charlton. I was like, oh, thank God, that took that out of my hands. I was almost relieved. Yeah, that it yeah, took you didn't want to take it. I didn't want to take it. And that, that, that showed me that I didn't want to take See, it. See, when you, you think, oh, I'm being patient, yeah. like something will come off. And then yeah. all of a sudden you're like, this is a big gamble. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm either not coming back from this or I'm going to have to accept something I don't want to yeah. do or yeah. a contract yeah. I don't want. Yeah, I had a little six-month-old little girl at the time yeah. and I was thinking, I've... Off. I just bought a new house, obviously, in, in, in London. So I'm thinking, what am I actually going to do here? Yeah. Like, um, and then lucky enough, two days later, Mill said, right, we'll dub you what you were getting offered at Charlton and you'll come in as a number two in the championship. I was like, oh, my God. Like, how, how lucky is that? Like, Just um, unbelievable so, timing. So, you know, I know this this big rivalry with Mill or West Ham and, you know, you've got to be careful what you say sometimes. But to them to give me that olive, olive branch, then give my, myself for two years. And I, I, I did enjoy it, like, yep. uh, being at Mill. The lads in that dressing room were really good, really good. Um, and they had really good success that, that first year, being on the bench. Oh, a lot of my family are Millwall fans right. uh, and go to Millwall a lot, right? Yep. So what I've always got from going to Millwall games myself and that is that it's such a horrible environment that the, only the teams with a strong like dressing room that stick together yep. will survive there. Yeah, And Millwall teams notoriously... It's like they make it even harder. Yeah. And it must be because of, like you say, like the dressing room, you enjoy it. You get a good set of lads together. Yeah. And it makes it double hard at the den. Yeah. Yeah, no, it is. It's, it's, there's big personalities in that dressing room. And again, it goes to, I think that's that's why West Ham and Millwall clash so much because it is tribal. They, yeah. they love their teams. Um, and when you are one of them, you're one of them. Like, you know, if you're going, you, you're basically going to war yeah, for yeah. Every, every time you're on the pitch. Proper fight, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and that's why I've got to respect it almost. 
So yeah, I had a, uh, I said a really good two years there uh, because of it. Yeah. Right, uh, now let's go on to West Ham. <laughs> yeah. Not many people cross from Millwall to West no, Ham, by no, the way. No, I wouldn't advise you to do it. No, definitely not. Especially How when did you've been this come West about? <laughs> so, unbeknown to me, uh, my old goalkeeping coach at Liverpool, that I, I said that I wanted to leave. and <laughs> 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 I was blaming him for him only being there 10 days and yeah. he gave me a great you know, kind of university degree uh, of being at Liverpool. I was now at West Ham with Manuel Pellegrini. Uh, and it was a time where... I didn't have a club at the start of the season. He'd just been signed. And I just to give him a text to say, look, if you need someone, someone. you know, to come in and, and, and be a third choice or whatever, I, you know, I know I'm more than capable of doing it. And he didn't say no and he didn't say yeah. Um, and then obviously watched my, my progress um, through that season, yeah. at that last season I was at, at Millwall. Yeah. Um, and it got to the, like, the back end and... I had a really tough time and, and Neil had brought uh, Ben Amos in. Yes. Uh, and uh, was played Ben Amos at the start and obviously uh, dropped. No, so I think he played better. Jordan's at first. Then, Jordan Archer, yeah. Yeah, Jordan Archer. Then started playing Ben because it wasn't going great that second yeah. season I was there. And then put Jordan back in. So it was like, it was, and I've been kind of pushed to like third. Third, yeah. Like, and I was thinking... Come on, give me a game. I, I, I want. I just want to play. Like, yeah. but you know, I think Neil had already made his mind up because I didn't quite kick far enough for yeah, him. Yeah, That that wasn't for him. So I was just waiting for a, for a club, and it, this went until January. And I remember having the conversation with with Neil uh, on New Year's Eve. It was like, look, Dave, you, you need to kind of leave you, you, for you and for me. Like, you know, yeah. your careers need to kind of part at this yeah, point. Yeah. So I felt a little bit down in the dumps and remember being like a little bit upset New Year's Eve night. Like I was with my missus. I think I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, you know, Neil don't want me. I haven't played any games like up to this point. Yeah. So I need to find a club that's, that's going to take me. And there was a few clubs up north. And, and again, it was the same thing of thinking location, are they going to pay enough? Like, yeah. So it's that, that worry, even though I had six months left on my contract, four days in to the new year, so four, for 5th of January, it was me actually. I hit a half volley at Ben Amos and he hit him on the end of the finger and just like broke his finger. Oh. So I've gone from like, you know, he's like, well, you're on the bench now. So I was thinking, all right, okay. And then this went on for another five weeks where Ben was getting back to fitness. He'd had an operation and and, and I remember walking out and it wasn't going well. Like Jordan was doing okay, yeah. but the team wasn't playing great. And I was walking out and Neil pulled Jordan. Uh, and I knew Ben was just back getting back training fit. And I thought, oh, that don't sound good like that. So I walked down to LT, uh, Lee Turner, the, the yeah. goalie coach, and I said, uh, and, he, and he went, has he told you, the manager? I went, oh, he's not bombed me to third choice again, has he? He went, no, 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 you're playing tomorrow at Birmingham. I went, what? He went, yeah, you're starting tomorrow. Curveball. I, I was like, I did not see that coming, but I was like, all right, buzzing. Like, yeah. you know, I haven't played a lot of games. I've just been training really hard. I've got nothing to lose. Yeah. Like, let's go, let's go and play. We end up winning two nil uh, away, away at Birmingham. Yes. Uh, yeah, tough so, place to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I just couldn't believe it. Like you know, I was absolutely buzzing. And then when I was, we had a decent cup run, so we weren't doing so great in in the league, but we had a decent cup run in the FA Cup. And we had Brighton on. I think it was three days later. And I think because you mentally you don't. I think a lot of people don't realize. I said like they take the mickey out of goalkeepers about. You know, physically, it's not that hard. Obviously, I think the kicking is the hardest the thing, hardest isn't bit, it? Yeah, it is. You're not running around, essentially. But it's the mental side of it. Yep. Um, 
that I find as I've got older is this this you need to keep that stamina up. Yeah. Because you get to like seven, eight games and you get a little bit tired. Yeah. Uh, and we've spoke about it before, you know, there's loads of things that, you know, yeah, family, yeah. traveling, blah, Loads blah, blah. of factors, yep. So I was going to this game, I think, I feel really tired going into this game. Um, and the game was going really well. We were 2-0 up to Brighton at the time at, 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 at Millwall, so um, at, at the den. So I was thinking, right, this is really good, but I'm starting to feel it's got to about 70th, 70th minute. And I'm feeling really, really like I need to wake myself up or something like, you know, spray water on my face. Yeah, or, yeah. Because I could actually feel... It's hard to come out of that as well. No, it was like a trance almost. Um, so I'd, I'd gone playing no football for best part of 18. I think I played Villa, Villa away and there was a couple of cup games, etc. So I hadn't really had any amount of football. Anyway, so it gets uh, they sc- they get back one back, so it's 2-1. And I think in the 90th minute, they had a, they had a free kick and Sonny March puts one in. And it's this, this is the quarterfinals of the FA Cup that we're in. And I genuinely, when it first got put in, I thought, oh, this is going this is going wide and over. But then it kept on curling, and I'd already made my decision. And for some reason, I just didn't put my hands up. And I remember the feeling. I didn't. I, I, I heard that it hit the back of the net, because it was quite, you know, like that, that then, through the game, yeah. I was trying to shout people five yards away from me, yeah. and they couldn't they hear can't me, because the yeah, noise, yeah. the atmosphere at the den. It was deadly silent. And then I heard the cheer from behind the, the, the Brighton fans. And then I just, to this day, I can still remember all the lads' faces of my teammates looking at me. And the feeling was just... That's the worst <gasps> feeling that you've let them down, isn't it? That's, that's it. That, that's how I felt in yeah. that moment. The manager and I'd let them, the lads down, like the 90th minute. So I had to get then get over it for the next 30 minutes and go to penalties. And we oh. lost on penalties. And I can't really remember a lower moment in my career yeah. than that moment. Of course, yeah. So I was 33 at the time. Just yeah. After not playing for 18 months and that, you yeah. get thrust back into that. Yeah. And then it's... And then we had an international break that week. Oh, no, that's the worst yeah. as well. So I had two weeks thinking, am I going to Dwelling play? on it. Dwelling, so, but to be fair to Neil, he pulled me straight after the game. He goes, Dave, like, don't worry about that. He says, you're going to play for me now, from now until the rest of the season. No way. Like, straight away. Like and you know, we was in. I remember this conversation. We sat on the beds in 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 the physio room, you know, yeah. like the physio beds. And he was just like, "Don't worry, like you're playing for me the rest." Of it. And we had ten games to go, and we were still in the shit basically. Yeah, you know? yeah. So uh, we had Leeds away the next game, um, and I thought, right, I've just got to put caffeine in. Like, <laughs> got to the second half, got cramping both calves. Oh no! But during that, I saved the penalty from Bamford. It went really well. Couple crosses felt really like I was involved in the game. Yeah. Enjoyed. We lost three two, um, but it was like a great game to play at Ellen Road with all Millwall and Leeds. Yeah, um, and end up playing the next ten games. We got you know wins. We beat like West Brom. Um, I can't remember who else we beat, but we had some really good games. I think we won three out of the last ten and drew a couple. Yeah, we got a really good uh, draw away for Sheffield United. Yeah, away uh, last minute, so we did enough to keep up. Yep. And all the time I was speaking to uh, like uh, the goalkeeping coach, just saying, you know, not saying yes or no either way. And it was not still like in there. And then all of a sudden I've gone from not having anything in January and having all that fear and all that worry to them thinking, right, there's there, there's potentially uh, something here at, at Millwall, Millwall, which yeah. they offered me something. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like midway through May, they said, look, there's, there's a third choice role for you at West Ham if you want it. And I was like, this is this is not happening to it's me. Crazy, like, yeah. this is so I'd had a really good end, even though I had probably the, the worst moment of my career to then finish off the last ten games and then 
you know, be part of a team that kept Millwall up in the championship. So then West Ham said, well, we, you can come here. You're not going to play, yep. essentially, but you're going to have to be at it yeah. like, every day in training. I'm like, it's my team. Like, I can't. It's an opportunity you can't like, turn down. Whether there, whether there was in the Premier League or League Two, I, I couldn't t- I couldn't turn that down. Like. Yeah, yeah. So Just, for me, and then Millwall said, all right, we're going to offer you more. So they offered me more to stay at Millwall. And I said, I still got to go. Like, it was just that feeling of thinking this was the right thing to do. Yeah. So that's how that move ca- kind of came about. Yeah. Right. And uh, I want to go on to the, obviously, the, the main bit of your West Ham stay, right? <laughs> it's like football poetry, this, isn't it? Like you, <laughs> when you made your debut eventually for West Ham, keeping a clean sheet against Chelsea. Yeah. I think... Uh, Ben will put it up probably, but the the picture of you and your dad embracing after the game and like the the raw emotion that's pouring out of you both, just yeah. in, an incredible moment. I think you probably had the whole nation just like that is incredible that moment. Yeah, yeah. You, obviously, you, you can't write and you dream about it. And and the night before, I could tell you like I knew it was building for a long time because yeah. we went. I think it was seven games. Yeah, seven games. Crazy, seven games without winning. Uh, so we'd lost, I think, six in a row. We drew to Bournemouth and then lost the next six. And I knew Roberto was under serious pressure. pressure. Yeah. So um, it, it, it got to the Tottenham game and I think he made a couple of errors again. I was thinking, right, he's really going to... He's considering paying the manager, Pellegrini. Yeah. And it was uh, it was Nobes that actually came into the gym on the Wednesday. And uh, I was doing my stretching and uh, Nobes came in and he sat next to me and goes, Dave, I've just been in Pello's office. And I went, right? He said... You're playing Saturday. He says, but don't worry, mate. We ain't won there in seven years, so you ain't got no chance. <laughs> so I was just like, cheers, no. It's quite nice that he <laughs> broke it to you, though. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. That, that was no. So he, he had that way of kind of joking, but it's a serious point, but yeah, joking. Yeah. So that, that He's probably gone into the manager's office and went, you can't play Roberto. He's having one. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know he that conversation. <laughs> Uh, you never know in Nobes, uh, but yeah, no, he's um, he, he kind of primed me for it, and then it did turn out I was playing yeah. and that Friday night in in that that hotel in Chelsea. I, I had all them fears, and remember, I had six months before, I'd had the lowest moment yeah, of my career. Yeah. So I was thinking, imagine that now, and what we were saying before about when you're young, ignorance is bliss, yeah. and you always think you're going to get another chance. I knew this was my last chance. Yeah, like. I'm going to remember this is my club. I've got mates in the stand. I've got my dad in the stand. Like I've got all these players that are under serious pressure. The, the, the manager, I was, I think he was on, you know, yeah, last thread of, yeah. of, of, of losing his job. So if we got battered and he'd made a big decision, put me in, third choice goalie that never played in the Premier League, like the, the pressure going into that, even my goalkeeping coach, like Xavi, like him to, to back me to go, Go 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 and play him. Like so I had a lot of, of stuff going on in my head during that game. And the moment where it changed, I think it was when I stepped on the pitch for the first time for the warm-up. And I think it already had gone out like in, in the team news that, that I was starting. And that's when I heard like the song that they used to sing for me. Yeah. And all of a sudden everything felt alright. Like just at ease just, just yeah. And and there was about five thousand, I'd say, in that West Ham end, and they would like we travel like West Ham really travelled well away, and they did not stop for ninety minutes, like singing that song. Back in you, yeah. Just you know, and that, honestly, I get goosebumps now thinking yeah, about it. That's like, class, though. Like to have that support, like that. Everyone says, "Oh, supporters this and supporters that." That was support, and I guarantee you, I probably I I could not have done it without them. Yeah. That that day of feeling, 
I can't let these people down. That's nice though. That's a, yeah. that's a nice feeling that yeah. they've got your back and they wanted you to do well. Yeah. To have all of them basically propping you up if you fell down. Yeah. That 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 was it at felt time. Um and then to to have that moment where I see John Moss was the referee that day and he put the whistle to his lips and then blew the the final whistle and then nose drops to his knees. Like like I was just like, yes. And then I was looking up and thinking, this I've just been a part of a team that's kept a clean sheet and got three points for Stanford Bridge. Like Aaron Cresswell like scored a great goal that day with his right foot. Gets overlooked though, because of your story. And, and I felt so bad. Like, and he still <laughs> takes the Mickey out of me now. Like, because to him scoring a goal, like it's not very often, but on his right foot as well. Yeah. He's like, he's got a definitely like a peg leg for, for a right <laughs> foot. So um and then to have like I I, I remember the, the whistle going and then just going to my knees and like thinking, I can't believe this just happened. But within two seconds, it felt like every single lad was around me, like picked me up, like, and I'd obviously tears like yeah. running down my face and thinking, this is the best moment like in my life. Obviously, yeah. don't tell my wife and my kids. No, so. exactly. Yeah, yeah. They're not listening. <laughs> but, um, and they shared it with me. And I think they knew how much it meant to me. Yep. Like, and, and what the pressure I put on myself going to that of game. Of course, yeah. Um, but even like the, that's, I say like the raw emotion, but the nerves would have just came at you and like, I bet you were shattered after that I, game. Drained. Yeah. Absolutely drained. Um, and then I was thinking, you know, I see my goalkeeping coach and, and I said, well, I shared it with every player. And then I thought, right, I've got to go because the, the supporters were down the other end, our, our West Ham supporters. And I thought, how do I thank these people for support me? Whole, and it's just, you know, you just you don't know what to do. Like, yeah. so give, you know, the usual applause and, and thanks. and Felt like not enough. Uh, yeah, you couldn't. Yeah. As I said, you, you couldn't. And then, obviously, I see Dad at half-time. Um, and when I... Because the, the, the press box at Stamford Bridge is just behind the dugout. And I, Dad's, obviously, at talk sport always used to have a press pass because no one kind of left him. Like, you couldn't go in the West Ham and it would be a nightmare yeah. for him. And he looked white. Like, you know, I can only imagine what I was feeling. Like, you know, I, I knew yeah, I was yeah. feeling but what he was feeling, we couldn't do anything about it. Yeah, yeah, it's uncontrollable. Um, yeah, and I thought, if there's one moment that I'm going to share with my dad, this is it. Yeah, and this amazing. is this isn't just for today. This is for all the times that, that I've been low. I was retiring, you know, two years before. Every you time know, he drove you to training, picked you up again. Yeah, yeah. Like my mum as well. Like yeah. my mum at home was was that, that. And I've got like a great story about my my little niece, like saying like, "What's going on?" She said, "Dave's crying." And my my little niece was like, "Mum, uh, nanny, why why are you crying?" Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. she was like, you know, yeah, generally yeah. in emotion. So that was it was for all my family. Yeah, like they knew what it meant to to, to the whole family, yeah. and I knew that. And that's that that moment. I thought. I'm going. Yeah. Like, and the security guys were like, Dave, we don't think you should do that. I was like, I'm going. Like, <laughs> they were like, all right then. So they obviously got me up there. Yeah. Um, and, and I got to share that, that wonderful moment. Oh, with mate, it's just a lovely moment. Yeah. I remember watching it at the time. I was like, that's just like, if any footballer out there has an opportunity to share that moment with their family yeah. and promotion or like, you have to embrace it. And like, you yeah. clearly did. Your old man clearly yeah. enjoyed it as well. Yeah. But it, it, it was just one of the things where you couldn't write it. You couldn't think, this is what I'm going to do if this happens or this is what. It just felt right in that moment. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I was walking back and I could see where he was and he was just standing there, arms crossed, like that. I was thinking, I'm going, I'm getting you. Nice. <laughs> right, let's go, okay, switch up it a bit, right? Uh, yeah. Let's get a bit geeky now and talk about right. your gloves, right? Yes. This is Matt Smith and this is the Glove Review on the Yours Mine Away podcast. You're the first person that I've had to come in with these gloves, right? So can, what brand do you wear, Dave? So West Coast 
Yeah. Yeah. Unknown to a lot of people in the UK. Yeah. Uh, an American brand. Yeah. Uh, can you tell me, you've told me the story. How, how did this all come about? I mean, I, I've always, you know, different variety of brands uh, from when I was at Liverpool. Normally, normally if I can get a freebie, that's whatever it. Was free, <laughs> yeah, whatever free, so yeah. it was Adidas when I was obviously at Liverpool. Um, and then just as I've gone through uh, different stages of my career, um, different people put different brands here. Obviously, I spoke to Adam Sells and I wore Sells for, for, for a period and then moved on to uh, another glove for what for another reason. And then they kind of went bust. And then I was just like, all right, well, what do I wear now? And there was a goalkeeper that, that just uh, just sent me in. And I was in between. It was like probably just right time, right place. If if I was in like a you know a couple year contract and someone sent me a glove, so I just put them to one side. Yeah, and you're not allowed to use them. But he just sent me in the week before and I ran out of gloves. I thought, oh, I'll use them. And I really liked them. And I think I had a decent game in them. And I thought, oh, I'll keep wearing these. So I, he kept on sending me them. And then he got bought by the, these guys, West yep. Coast, and they're great. Like you know, to get you know to speak to, yep. and you know to send sending me gloves um, even now. Um, and you know, obviously being American based, like it, it's, it's it's just really good to to have that brand over there. And then for me to then you know they they gave me these gloves when I was at MK Don still with League One. Yeah, you've been with them a long time. Yeah. So you know. It's just to then have me go to Mill with one step, and then eventually to play in the Premier League. Yeah. For them to say, "Oh, we have a a goalkeeper that's wore our gloves in the Premier League." Yeah. Like it it's was amazing. It was brilliant for them. Like yeah. I, I do get that. Um, and you know, I'll probably wear these gloves now until till the day where I retire. Yeah. Nice. Uh, what size are you? Ten. Right. Uh, do, are they custom built to you at all, or are you uh, no. pretty standard so spec? They're pretty standard spec. Uh, I do like roll fingers, um, and I like uh, like you know the wrist. Kind of yeah, that's yeah. It's not yeah. many keepers have that anymore. Yeah, yeah. No, I just feel like got a bit, you know, a bit yeah, more traction yeah. on it. That's it. Yeah, just yeah. gives you another bit of surface to get. Grip. Uh, how often do you wear a new pair of gloves? I'd say once every four games. Yeah, I'd say that's that's it. And then they become training. Training, yeah. And yeah. then they just keep getting pushed yep. down. Uh, and have you got any routines that you have with them? Any any way you look after them? Uh, do you carry them to your own games as well? Yeah, or? I carry them to my own games. Don't trust the. No, nah, nah, I'll always wash them the night before um, to let them dry for the day yep. day after. So they, they won't be completely... Just hold a bit of moisture. Soggy or completely dry. They'll just be a little bit. I'll always put my right glove on first. I've got a little superstition, yep. right glove on first. Um, yeah, so... Any, <laughs> any other superstitions you have? Yeah, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> loads, yes. <laughs> no one knows. Everyone goes, nah, play it cool, don't have any. Yeah, yeah. Loads I of people do it. I have to go into, if there's like two urinals, I always have to go in the right one. You're right, okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, I have to eat the same time, try and go to the toilet at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> proper think about it all, yeah. But then uh, you've got to be careful. Dad, Dad obviously played a lot of games and stuff, and he was always similar to that. Um, and he said, look, you've got to be careful of, of getting too many. I understand you want structure and routine, routine yeah. but if you don't put your right glove on first is that really going to make a difference like yeah but in your head because you want to go want the game to go so well you think it, it might help <laughs> yeah that's, that's exactly it so yeah uh, any any weird pre-match food or that uh i've changed through my career like i've gone from the standard beans on toast to then now like they'd have like sourdough with salad with chicken a bit of pesto on top. Obviously, opponents probably won't like a little bit of pesto garlic breath on top, but <laughs> that's kind of, I think I've evolved to that kind yeah. of now. Um, that's how football is constantly evolving. Yeah. Yeah. No, I uh, agree. Uh, do you remember the first ever pair of gloves you owned? Because yours weren't that long ago, mate. 
So dad got me, he was a manager at South End, and he got me, I, th I believe it was Simon Royce. And it was Simon, a pair of Simon Royce's gloves. Yeah. I can't remember what the they mate they were. They massive. Yeah, yeah. But they were like old, bitty. Like, I look now, and, uh, and they must have been like free, left in the, the, the war, like, uh, utility room or yeah. something like that, where they were like dry. But I thought, these are the dishes, it. I made it. Like, yeah. yeah, decent. Yeah. Uh, what about the, the correlation between outfielders and goalkeepers, right? Because so, I hate going into a meeting. So like we do a nutrition meeting mm. and it's all based for outfielders or yeah. our off-season programme is all for outfielders. And you're like, why are we doing that stuff? Yeah. There's not enough specialist stuff yet, even like in that world, even, even high up when you go up. You're like, no one really concentrates on us. We're still third-party citizens. Yeah, I, I, I don't know when that will change. I think it will change. Yep. I think it has got better, probably could be a little bit quicker. Yeah. Um, because it is a specialised sport in itself, isn't yep. it? Like that's 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 the way it is. Um so you, even your gym, like, you know, you get that generic thing. But I still think they're still behind where, you know, some players I think it's it's got better with the individuals, like, you know, you got Kurt Zuma or you've got Say Ben Rama, like they're totally different different body shapes, heights. <laughs> exactly. And they need different things for the different positions. So I think West Ham have, have started to use that. And I've got to say, when I was at West Ham, they did do individual programs, which helped me a lot. Yep. Um, so having that one-to-one -one, uh, with, with Josh there, yep. uh, Josh Owens, his name is, um, it was, was was brilliant. Yeah, because um, you can tailor what you need. Yeah, yeah. And then even with, that, so that'd be in the gym and then out the gym would be Nick Davies, who would do more pitch-based stuff. So, you know, would it be bungee, like, Fast feet. Fast feet. He's really good at like all of that fast yeah. feet, but making it uh, specific to goalkeeping training. Yeah, that's good. Um, because the actual fast feet and the explosiveness that we need as a goalkeeper is so different than football players just need to run fast yeah. and be able to get off the mark quickly. But we're yeah. totally different because yeah. we have to go backwards, sideways, upwards. Change the direction. Yeah. 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 So everything is all about that, about the timing. Um, and that's what Xabi's very good at. Yeah. Like, you know, going from that, so they'd all have, uh, like, they'll dovetail in what they were trying to do from the gym to then, you know, the conditioning of the speed stuff with Nick to then Xavi would put it into actually, right, goalkeeping training. Right. So okay. it was all on the same page. Yeah. Um, and I thought, it, 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 if anything, I was in the best Nick of my life at 33, 34, 35. Yeah. Um, and I've carried that on now until oh, I retire. Uh, what's your thoughts on video analysis? I really like it. Um, especially, I think that's the best learning tool I think I've had. So when I was at MK, we had really good analysts there um, and they would code during the game every time I touched the ball. Wisecap's amazing that, yeah. for, that, for that, isn't it? Yeah, so I'd go finish the game. Within five minutes, I'd leave the dresser room and I'd go and watch straight, every, away, straight yeah. away. Because I, f I felt like I needed to process what I'd seen so yep. there would be things that okay I'm not too sure about what happened there and then I, if it would clarify it for me yep. if I've made a mistake I'd go right why have I made that mistake what's happened leading up to it what was my position etc was there other factors that I didn't know at the time yeah yeah and then sometimes it makes it even worse but because you're thinking I can't quite see that it looks bad it looks bad so I think especially league playing you know league one and league two you only get one angle so in the Premier League, you see, you might see goals sometimes. You're thinking, how's that gone in there like that? But then it's when you see behind angle. the goal, you're thinking, oh, right, it's deflected. Yep. Or, 
unsighted or yeah but you get one glance uh, uh, but that could be someone's opinion yep from the side, that's what frustrates me about when it you frustrates all down. goalkeepers. Mate. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I'm trying to do this. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the, the breakdown and the analysis of goalkeeping has to has to move along with the game as well. Uh, I think yeah. obviously the more that good guys and good goalkeepers come out of the game, you want them to go back into the game and help educate. I would say. Um, yeah. But uh, finally, I want to get to your last spell, at MK Dons. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like I said, you are currently a free agent, and you was there last yeah. season. Uh, last season was a very different season for you on a whole. Yeah, there was, it was good, good things and there was bad things. Like that's probably the best way. It was just such a mix, mixed bag from the start of obviously leaving West Ham. Yep. Um, if I could have stayed at West Ham, yeah, <laughs> obviously I, I would have. I just understood that you know they had obviously Lucas, Alphonse, and Darren as the three goalkeepers, and then they had young goalkeepers and. For me, I, I genuinely want West Ham to do well. Yep. Uh, and from the outside, I think probably it was the right decision for West Ham. Uh, as much as I, t I, it took me probably six months probably to get over it. Like, um, like I, I, the best way I could probably just describe it was like it was almost like I was in mourning. Yeah, yeah. Like it, I did really feel really low, um, and I then got into not having a club to then just training with MK Dons. Um, making that commute up from Epping to, to to Milton Keynes every day, which was tough in itself. Thinking, right, I don't have a club. And then I was there for about a month at the time. Uh, and then obviously I had the really bad news of of Lewis Price, um, who's like an amazing, amazing guy. Um, I said, if you ever get a chance to meet him, like, you know, you won't regret it. Yeah. Like, he's he's such, a, such a good, well-balanced guy. Um, and he pulled me one day and he, he said, look, Dave, I've got something to tell you. I was thinking, oh, what's, what's going on here? Like, I, you know, obviously he said, I've got testicular cancer. And yep. it was really hard to take because I'd only been there a month, but I felt like I'd really got really close to him. You know, he's yep. a couple of years older than me. And obviously he's the goalie coach at MK. Uh, and he almost says, Dave, I think we want you to take over the the goalkeepers. And I was just like, look, I'm not ready to retire yet. I feel, okay, I'm 36 at the time. I still feel like I've got, you know, three, four years left to, to play. Like that's yep. how I feel with myself. He's like, all right, well, let's go and speak to the manager and, and, and we'll take it from there. Um, and the manager said the same thing. He says, Dave, we think you'd be great. Uh, and I said, look, I still want to play. And then that's when they kind of went on and said, that, okay, what about a player coach role? And I, and I thought about it and it went on for like two, you know, a couple more weeks and obviously Pricey then ended up going into treatment yep. and it was kind of left to me and the manager and, and, the, and the sporting director. And we came, you know, I thought we came to an agreement <laughs> of what it was going to be uh, and it wasn't quite... Um, and I found it really tough. Yeah. Um, so I think it will happen to every player that comes out and goes into coaching. You think, I know my stuff. Like, you know, I've played you know, how many ever games yep. and I've been a professional for 20 years. I've, I've done so, so many goalkeeping sessions. But then to when you go, right, you've got to put this session on, Don't go and do it. Yeah. It's like, right, okay. So I did this. I've done the things that I, all I knew. Yep. So I was lucky. I had Jamie Cummins, uh, Franco Ravazzoli, uh, and little Ronnie yeah. uh, Sanford. Some good, um, good young ones yeah, as well. Yeah, so, to, so to they're take. different, varied. Obviously, Jamie yep. from Chelsea, uh, who, who's been a really good standard, and then Franco's come over from Argentina and had a different style. And obviously, Ronnie was just kind of learning his trade still. Um, so then putting on sessions that I've been doing for like a similar thing to like Xavi, I'm my own coach i'm my own person i could i you, you what i realized you, you can't 
you, you can nick bits here and there, but you can't put sessions because goalkeepers sometimes don't understand what you're what you're trying to do, even though you've been in them. So yeah. how do you put them together is so different to what it is when you're doing it. Yeah. So that's the best way to explain it. And you don't often get enough time to explain how you're doing that's it right. during a session. Yeah. You're just trying to move the session on to get what each goalkeeper should be getting out of the session. But you yeah. don't get that five, ten minutes ago. We're doing this because yeah. of this. They do this. We yeah. want you to learn this bit and technically this will help you do this. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's what I found really tough. And for the first six weeks, two I think it was two months that I was the, the the coach, player coach. And I'd gone from obviously all my career I, like, you know, I don't know, it's the ginger biscuit in me. I, I just want to win. <laughs> I want to compete. I want to do as do as, as 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 good as I can in, in training and I want to go and play. Yeah. So for them to go, right, I understood that Jamie was gonna play. But then you know you've got to lead the, the sessions. I found that really tough at the start, like getting that balance right. So yeah. you wanted the sessions to work, and you wanted the lads to do well, but then you wanted to join in as well. But that's what I found really tough. Um, so I ended up, you know, after that first two months, said, look, maybe this isn't for me. Uh, maybe I've made a mistake. And and they said, okay, look, we're, we're going to get someone else in. So they got another goalkeeping coach in, and uh, it was only about another month, six weeks before that manager because things weren't going well. So I think there's a lot of factors into yeah, it of course. That, that, that made that really tough environment and made it tough for me. And the team wasn't doing great. So the manager got the sack and they were like, you know, the sport that was like, Dave, will you just take over until we find, and I was just like, okay then. So, yeah. But I want to leave in January because I still want to go and play and still, and then I was close here and there and Jan got to like, you know, mid January, last week in January. And I thought it was going to happen on the last day and it didn't come off for, for one reason or another. I was thinking, right, but that gave me the chance when a new manager came in, like Jacko came in, Mark Jackson, and it was almost mine. So I'd gone from trying to pick up the, the rope from like Pricey yeah. and how they wanted Jamie to then go, right, you go and it's your baby now. Yeah, you do what you want to do with the goalies. It's exactly. Yeah. So I, I felt like I did that. Um, and I um, and I felt like I got better and better. So all of a sudden I was planning for, okay, who would play at the weekend? Uh, you know, Bolton is, it's, you know, sh shots from distance, set pieces, cutbacks. So I noticed they did a lot of cutbacks. So I'd plan a session through the week yep. to, for, for cutbacks. That, yeah. So um, that gave me a starting point to then plan a session. And I kind of threw everything I thought I knew about goalkeeping out and then started again. So the last four or five months that, that I did that, yep. I thought, oh, okay. I can on, see this I'm now. This I, now yeah. I, I can see that this is going to be something I'm going to do one day. As much as I still want to play now, which I am going to do, yep. um, I've kind of said, right, I put the coaching to one side uh, and I'm going to concentrate on playing. But I know whenever I need to, I'm going to take that because I've got that experience of analysing opposition, analysing my goalkeepers, putting on sessions for either or. Uh, and I've got a variety of sessions now. You've got the content now to yep. go... Um, like, you know, I had to go and buy myself a Mac because all of a sudden I've got a Mac, Mac MacBook and I'm I'm logged all my sessions on of the different goalkeepers that I've had and different sessions and plan them out and I'm putting presentations on now. Like, <laughs> so I'm thinking this stuff. Didn't think I, you was doing that at the start of the season. I would did never, you? even a million years, I had my little you know pencil and paper uh, to then all of a sudden putting presentations on on a, on a Friday uh, for for my goalkeepers. I'm yeah. thinking right, these are their attacking threats. So and then you get to look at other goalkeepers. So then can you go, right, our strikers, trying to help our strikers out. I'm thinking, right, they tend to go down early. If you go with 1v1, do this, do that. This is what they do. So there's 
so many things that I've learned. Yeah. So I've turned a really kind of rough year into something positive. productive yeah. Yeah, and positive. Right. Finally, then, what, what's next for you then? Currently a free agent. Yeah, I, I just I just want to play football. Yeah. Um, I, of course, it needs to be the the, the right term that the, the on the right terms. Uh, so that's playing playing. Uh, that's you know it, it needs to be location yep. in a certain degree. Yeah. The money and location. Let me let me rephrase that. The money and location makes it makes of a difference. Course it does, yeah. You know, if I'm going to be spending time, if I've got young family, then it needs to be worth me doing it's that. It's got to be rewarding. That's in right. Some way, yeah. um, but I still feel like you know you, you you know yourself. Like I speak to pros that have, are younger than me or and older than me, and they said I knew I knew I was ready to retire. Yeah. I'm not ready. Like I just love being a goalkeeper. Same. I, I, I love I've got forty in my head. I want to get to forty. Yeah. Still playing. I said, well, why not go past that? Yeah, right? exactly. You know, yeah. if you still feel good enough, yeah, then, then and and you're still doing it, of course, them questions are going to be asked. Yeah. If 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 a goal goes in, you think, oh, maybe I could have done better with that. If you're 25, no one no one would even mention it. No, age, it's true. 100. percent like, agree. I, I know it's obvious, but but why not? Like I said, you know, the stupid thing is that age is only a number, but it's not as how you feel, how you look, um, yeah. and how you're competing every day. Yeah, that's for me is the biggest thing. Brilliant, mate. Well, it's been class to get you in. What another great episode, by the way. What a lovely guy as well, mate. Thank you very much, Dave. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, This has been the Yours Mine Away podcast with me, Mark Howard. Uh, Please make sure you like and subscribe. It really helps us grow. Uh, Buzzing off this episode. Some great stories as well. Thank you for sharing, Dave. Cheers, Mark. Thanks. Cheers. Take care, guys. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.